Peace, peace, everyone. It's your girl, Sequoia Blue, back in here for another episode. Um, we have a special guest in here today. It's Brendan Kumarasamy. Um, and he is the founder of Master Talk. He coaches ambitious executives and entrepreneurs to become top 1% communicators in their industry. And he also has a popular YouTube channel called Master Talk with the goal of providing free access to communication tools for everyone in the world. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Sequoia. It's great to be on. Yeah, thanks for joining the pod. So what? Are, so, what's one of the biggest challenges of public speaking? I know people are like, oh, just imagine no one's there and all that. And, you know, you can talk, but that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, for sure, Sequoia. You know, for me, a lot of people would think I would answer fear. But that's actually not the biggest challenge, in my opinion. The biggest challenge is motivation. Because if we're not motivated to overcome the fear then nothing happens anyways. I mean, think about me. I started Mass Talk when I was 22 years old in my mother's basement. So it was about how did I find the motivation to actually do this so that I could push through the fear. So the question I would ask people to think about that many people haven't heard of is how would your life change if you became an exceptional communicator? And the reason that's such a great question to think about, Sequoia, is a lot of people, when we think about communication, it's littered in negativity, stress, anxiety, instead of what it is, which is a tool to amplify your impact and actually make a massive difference in the world. But so many of us dream about our vacations or the expensive things we want to buy, but we don't dream about our communication skills. So let's start with that. Mm, that's that's a good response there. That's so true. You got to get rid of that fear. Um what should we start practicing tomorrow for public speaking? Like, what can we start doing to prepare? Is it just looking in the mirror and saying, you know, standing tall and making sure your diction's right or make sure you look right? I don't know. Like, what what are some things we could do? <laughs> no, I, I have a very different approach to other coaches. You know, for me, the first one is definitely the question. So the question I just said, I encourage people not just to write it down. But to actually spend 10, 15 minutes reflecting on the question, Sequoia, like actually think about how would your life change if you're an exceptional communicator? Because for all of us, those answers would be different, right? And don't worry, it's rhetorical. You don't have to answer it today, but just to think about, right? So for example, like the relationship with our families, the money in our bank account, the next pay raise, sales in our business, whatever that thing is, traveling to a stranger's country that we don't know, but being able to speak in a nonverbal way where, where people can understand us. So finding that inner burn, that fire in our belly is really essential to getting us to the next step. But after that, I would say the thing that to practice tomorrow, the easiest thing that people can do is an exercise I call the random word exercise. So the random word exercise is very simple, Sequoia. All you have to do is pick a random word like pistachios, like nuts, like a headset, and create presentations out of thin air. And if you're able to make sense out of nonsense you can make sense out of anything so practice the random word exercise five times a day and watch your communication skills skyrocket oh that's the bomb i'm actually gonna try that that's a good idea because you know in my world i'm always kind of doing a lot of public speaking so you have to know how to communicate with different things being thrown at you and so starting with those words that's a good start i like that thank you um let's see how how can we we present better online because basically I, I i'm not like i like to hide but some people like doing videos and stuff and presenting online like what is a cool way for them to to get better at that yeah absolutely so we think about 
presenting online Sequoia, there's three differences that come to mind between the real world, quote unquote, and the online one. So the first difference is eye contact. So whenever we're on a Zoom call, all we have to do is look in one place, which is the camera lens. But when we're in person, it's a bit different because we have to deviate our eye contact based on the different people that we're communicating with. So that's the big difference is that in, in real life, you know, you got to move your head around. But in online, you actually got to keep your head in one straight direction, which is the camera lens. So even if there's 10,000 people on a Zoom call, it's as if you're looking at all of them at the same time, which is kind of cool. That's the first difference. Second difference is energy. Let's face it, Sequoia. It's a lot easier to pull out energy for in-person, right? Mm-hmm. Whether yeah. we're getting lunch, whether we're doing an in-person presentation, it's just easier for us to pull that energy. It's harder virtually to bring that back. So the only way around that is to practice your online presentations offline first. Mm-hmm. Get better in person because it's way easier to pull your energy out. Even with my YouTube channel, I still have an audience of one, which is my creative director behind the camera, or else it'd be hard for me to come out with the energy I do. Mm. That's really the secret, is to do it offline and then move it online. And number three is audience accessibility. So what I say by that is, let's say we're in person, if I wanted feedback from you, we could just get lunch after. Or if I was presenting to a team of 100 people and I wanted feedback from the audience, Sequoia, I could just go, okay, who wants to get lunch and just get their feedback. A lot more friction in the online world. You can't really do that because the conversation kind of just ends at the end. So you have to force that interaction. So if you want audience feedback, I would suggest people just call or get on, send emails with people in the audience to get to know them more. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, that'd be good because, you know, that nowadays people are doing Instagram lives and people are chiming in on different topics and stuff. And I think that's bringing more people into the conversation. It's bringing like a, I guess, a sense of um, connection with the audience. So I actually like that. Um, where did you come up with the idea for Master Talk? Yeah, so for Master Talk, Sequoia, when I was in university slash college, I used to do these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So other guys my age were playing rugby or basketball or baseball. I was doing presentations competitively, and that's how I learned how to speak. But as I got older, I started coaching students who were younger than me because a lot of the people in the program, we didn't really have a communication coach. And I wasn't one, by the way. But we didn't have anyone better, so they went with me. So I started helping a lot of these students, and I realized after three years that I'd coached 70 of them and that everything in my head wasn't available online for free on the internet. That's what led to me starting making free YouTube videos in my mom's basement three years ago when I started it. And then the channel and the business kind of took a form of its own three years after that. Ding, that's amazing. I mean, next you're going to be on TED Talk talking about, you know, how this all started. It could happen. (laughs) (laughs) Or have you been on TED Talk? I'm going to delay mine for a bit. I I, I could get on a TED. I think it's more about I want to make my platform a bit bigger so it actually gets some views when I actually release it. <laughs> oh, that hey, that makes sense. That's a good idea. Um, what daily exercises can we use to practice communication? Absolutely. So the random word exercise is one of them. 
Fi- spend five minutes every day, just five random words. Pistachios, nurse, poster, and just give pre- random presents to your family. It's great to do with kids, nieces, nephews. Those are fun because the kids always do it better than we do. So that's like a fun one. That's the first exercise. The second exercise that I'd recommend, Sukoya, is the question drill. So the question drill is really simple. All you have to do is think about a situation where you get asked a lot of questions. So that could be in school if you're a student, that could be at work, in corporate, that could be in business when your prospects ask you questions about your life, that could be with your family, when, when your family's asking you questions, you're like, mm, I don't prefer that. So essentially what you do is you book five minutes every day. Let's say, you know, the typical person who uses like a CEO, right? They get like a sales presentation. So every day when you wake up, think of one question that you think your audience will ask you and spend five minutes writing the answer and do that every day one question a day and in a year you'll have answered 365 questions which is pretty cool so that's exercise yeah small things over time right so that's number two and then number three is sending video messages you know a lot of us don't you leverage this enough like i don't know anyone who's done this and i do this all the time in workshops i always ask people how long have you worked in a company like i coach a lot of corporate people they go like eight years and I said, how many times in eight years has your manager just sent you a quick 20-second video message just saying, hey, Sequoia, just really appreciate you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Wanted to wish you and your family happy holidays. Like something simple, nothing crazy. And they all answer zero. And that's the thing. Can you be the first one, the person who's listening to this? Can you be the first one to show a little bit of love to others? And what's fun about video presentations is it's not threatening either. Because you have, I'm not asking you to post on social media. I'm not asking you to start a YouTube channel. I'm not asking you to do all that stuff. I'm asking you to make a list of the three people you really love the most in your life that you really appreciate and just showing that appreciation in a completely new way and watching the impact for yourself. And that should give you enough motivation to send more. I like that. I like that. I mean, I guess just starting off with even just your family asking certain questions, because sometimes I'll notice, man, I didn't even really explain that well, or I could have communicated that better. And then next thing you know, they're asking the same question again because you didn't explain it right. So (laughs) those are that's some good uh, exercises. That's great. Um, How do we present in group presentations? Now, this is a good one for me because I I don't really like group presentations, you know, especially for work. I'm like, uh, why do I get to talk? I don't want to talk. But it's like, how do (laughs) you know? And it's like, dang, I could have said, you know, I I go back and I look back like I could have said that better in that group meeting. But I just maybe need to work on my communication. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> absolutely. We all have a next level, right, Sequoia? I appreciate your vulnerability. But yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, group presentations are a challenge for sure. So so a couple of things to keep in mind. Number one, if one boat ships, uh, sorry, if one, if there's one hole in the ship, the whole thing will fall apart. And what that means is even if there's five amazing presenters, if there's six ones a drag, it's going to drag the whole ship down. So... As the leader of the group, and by the way, if you didn't realize yet, if you're listening to this podcast, you are the leader because you're the one who has the information. You need to understand and take the responsibility of being one. What does that mean? That means understanding the strengths and weaknesses of every team member. That means that's the first one. The second one means presenting the hardest part of your presentation. As the leader, give everyone else the easiest parts and you need to take on the hardest parts. So that way you keep the average high so that people aren't stressed out. And the third piece is in the Q&A. This is where I see a lot of group presentations get botched, especially a lot of the teams, is even if you give the best presentation of your life, if you screw up the Q&A, you screw up the whole thing. So you got to make sure 
that in the Q&A, especially important, that you never contradict each other aggressively. Because if you're contradicting each other in front of your team, you don't look like a united front. And if you yeah. don't look like a united front, your ship is sailing, my dear. It is falling. And by the way, for those of you who are listening to this and saying, well, what if we do disagree on something? My answer is always, you should have you figured that out before the presentation. Mm. Lack of preparation. So have a Q&A system. I call this the Q&A master. I got this from a team in Sweden. <coughs> Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. And the team in Sweden, basically what they did is they moved the questions based on who they're speaking to. So for example, let's say the leader of that that group looks at the team and whoever has their hands in front of them, they the person knows that they're the person to answer this question. So they give them the question. So it's a really smart way to move questions around and look cohesive as a team. So those are the three things people can do. Oh man, that's real interesting. I like that. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. And any advice on how to communicate if you're introverted? Now, that's a really good question because I'm an introvert to the T. So it's, <laughs> and there's a lot of introverts out there. And so it's like, how do we, you know, because sometimes we can just shut shut down. So there's some ways for us, us introverts to get ourselves together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. What The thing that surprised me the most in my career, Sequoia, is that introverts think they're bad speakers. It's really fascinating to me because most of the best people I've ever worked with are introverts. So what I always like to say when I get this question is to talk about the three things that introverts do that extroverts struggle with. So the first one is introverts are a lot better listeners than extroverts are. Like, I'm super loud, as you can tell. I talk a lot. That's why I like being a podcast guest, right? But I'm not very good at listening, where I wasn't earlier in my career. So it's harder for me to adapt the needs of my audience to my presentations. Introverts never had that problem because they spend most of their days just listening to other people. Yeah. So so they just go, oh, okay, they ask the question, they just stop talking for 20 minutes and they just take a bunch of notes. So they're actually a lot more thoughtful, right? The person who's the most quiet often has the loudest mind and that's by Susan Cain, I believe, or Stephen Hawking. I forgot what the quote was, right? So, so yeah, they're just a lot smarter, honestly. They just have a lot more information. They're a lot better listeners. That's number one. Number two, they're a lot better at the most fundamental technique of communication, which is the pause. Pausing in your presentations are so important. Whereas extroverts like me, we always want to fill up space. So let's say I'm at a bar, I'm at a club, I'm at a party, and there's a space. I always want to fill it up. Oh, what'd you do last weekend? What'd you do? Like I'm always, whereas an introvert doesn't do that. Like they're super cool in the silence. So whenever I teach introverts how to pause, they pick it up like this. Their only objection is like, oh, like that works in presentations? And I go, yeah. And they go, okay. And then they're just able to pause. Extroverts like me, I had a lot of trouble learning to pause because I love to talk. I love it. <laughs> so it's challenging, right? That's number two. So number three, this really shatters the mindset, right? The myth that ki- that introverts are bad communicators. And this is the most important one, Sequoia. Introverts are a lot less polarizing than extroverts. So what does that mean? I'll give you an example. Let's say you take someone like Gary Vaynerchuk or a Tony Robbins. You either love them or you hate them. I personally love the two. I I have big respect for the work. I buy all their programs. I'm like, you know, I'm a huge fan of both. But, 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 there's a huge percentage of people who actually hate them. But the other piece to that is let's say we take somebody like Brene Brown. It is a cardinal sin 
to say these the following words. I hate Brene Brown. Just saying that can put me in jail. Like you're just not allowed to say that. You can't say that about Brene. <laughs> can't say that, right? Nobody says that, right? No. That, but there's a point to to what I'm saying. There, obviously, Brene is incredible. I love her work. But yeah. the point that I'm driving is that introvert speakers are less polarizing than extroverted speakers. If you're an introvert, you're actually more accessible than an extrovert is, which is something fascinating that not a lot of people know about, and that's really the key. So the the advice I would give to introverts is understand your strengths and know how to leverage them. That's right. Understand your strengths and know how to leverage leverage them. I like that. That was a good one. Any book recommendations you would recommend for speaking? Any um, good books? Yeah, for sure. You know what I like to say to that? That's why that's why I plant that one. The reason I, I like the book recommendation question is because the number one recommendation is to not read a book. It's to actually do the thing. You know, a lot of people, I remember, I'll give you a quick story on this. So one of my clients three months ago, he's the CEO of a big company. He's like, so Brendan, what's your, and this guy's a client, right? Like he's paying and he's in the program and he's asking me, oh, what, what book should I read? And I asked him back, I said, you're a really busy guy, right? So let's play this out. If I gave you a book recommendation, how much time a week would you spend reading it? And he would, he would say, I don't know, like 30 minutes. And he's like 30 minutes a week. Right. And the guy goes, yes. And then I just reply with, why don't we just do the random word exercise 30 times this week instead? And then his hands start shaking. I was like, there you go. You got the point. That's the point of actually doing it. The best way to speak coincidentally, oddly enough, I know this is going to come as a shock to everyone listening to this, but the best way to speak is hold your breath is to speak. Wow. It's mind blowing. It's crazy. I know. I know it's like uh, I'm like <laughs> Albert Einstein. That's true for anything. The best way to learn is to do it. And that's what people have to understand. They're like, well, how can I get there? Well, just start talking. Just go. I mean, people, a lot of people are going to do. You can go somewhere and talk anywhere. YouTube, you can go talk. <laughs> you can go talk anywhere and that just to, to get better at that. And, you know, the same thing with music and all these other things. Just do it. So I like that. That was a good that was a good one right there. I like that because there's so many books out here on how to do this, how to do that. But. I mean, has anybody is anybody doing it or just reading? You know, so <laughs> that that was a good one. Um, so yeah. So before we wrap it up, I want to know um, what is a, a saying or a quote that you go by? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a bunch, but I'd say the one that I'd leave people with, Sequoia, is the following: be insane or be the same. If you want to be like everyone else, that's totally cool. That's actually a Brendan classic. I invented that one. I was in my basement. I realized insane and same rhymed, so I went with it. But anyways, the point I want to drive is, you know, if you want to be like everyone else, that's totally fine. But if you made it 18 and 30, 30, 18 minutes and 32 seconds in this conversation, you're probably somebody who actually is serious about your personal growth. You want to do something impactful with you. You want to do something important. So the only thing that matters is the following. Everyone who does something special with their life, however you define special, are crazy people. Don't you find it odd, Sequoia, that as a 22-year-old kid, obviously I'm not 22 anymore, I started a YouTube channel, not on pranks, not on music videos, but on public speaking and executive communication tips. And then I started coaching people who had worked in the company longer than I was alive, and I built a very successful business, yet I still live in my mother's basement. I'm scared of driving a car, even if I have a license. I can dance alone in my mother's basement an hour a day, which I do. I can air karaoke in eight different languages and, not or, and 
uh, this is my proudest accomplishment. I'm in the 0.5, not the 5%. I'm in the 0.5% of top listeners on Spotify for Justin Bieber. How does any of this make <laughs> any sense at all, Sequoia? And that, my friend, is the point. When every decision in your life makes sense to the only person that it should, which is you, you're probably making the right decision. So just be insane or be the same. Oh man, that was the bomb. I really like that. Be insane or be the same. What? That is so true. That was so inspiring because people are just, you know, trying to, they're just stuck in their own bubble. And that, that to me, it's like, just go, just do it. You know, it's like the only person you need to impress is yourself because we, we, all we got is ourselves. (laughs) So, yeah. So before we go, also, I want to know, um, where could people book you at? Like, is there, is it going to be on your website or YouTube? I see your YouTube here. You're all good. I got you, Sequoia. It's such a wonderful conversation. You're awesome. So, so two easy ways to keep in touch. The first one is the YouTube channel. People can go to Master Talk in one word and get access to hundreds of free videos and resources on how to speak. And the second way to keep in touch for those who are interested in coaching is you can sign up for one of my free interactive live Zoom calls on communication. We do one every two to three weeks. And if you want to register for that, it's super fun. It's live. It's interactive. It's Rockstar Communicator. All right, everyone, you heard that. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Please subscribe, bluehawkerspodcast.com. Please go check out Brendan's work. He's amazing. And everybody be safe and be blessed. Thank you.